power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast feed. And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants try to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. The man of tomorrow is here for one of the most requested episodes um, that I can remember in recent memory. And this comes with the news of, well, the news came out, uh, I want to say back in like, like July or August, but this comes with the news of the uh, launch or the upcoming launch. I believe the official date is somewhere in December of 2021. Um, that being the Steam Deck, Steam as in Valve, Steam as in one of the largest, if not the largest gaming platform uh, in the world today. Of course, more or less on PC, uh, depending upon how you want to use the term PC, because it's, you know, it's on Linux, it's on Mac, it's on Windows, it's everywhere, right? Though I have to admit that to date, I am surprised that they never went with like a real native Android uh, 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 edition, you know, like, like where, I mean, granted a lot of Android games, a lot of the bigger Android games that, you know, aren't so, um, <laughs> shall we say, uh, IAP heavy, right. in app purchase heavy. Um, they will appear as a native desktop version, um, on steam often enough, you know, you think like the, the riptide GP games, which of course are phenomenal. And I'm glad, uh, that they're, they're on desktop as, as well. Of course, they also have made their way to consoles. And I mean, you have steam link where, you know, you can stream games essentially to your phone, you know, your, your steam library. Uh, so it's not like they needed to natively be on Android. I'm just kind of surprised they, they never got in on that. And, you know, maybe Google, I know why they didn't do it on iOS because I mean, we, of course now they could after Epic or theoretically after Epic won the court battle against, um, Apple and gaming, but maybe they thought, you know, fencing with Google just would have been too much of a hassle. Uh, clearly they, they thought so with Apple, I think to everybody's detriment, you know, um, I've, I've long held the belief that the two companies that are really competing with each other, uh, especially in video games right now. Okay. Or at least in the past 10 years or no, not even 10 years, the past five years or so. Um, since 2017, the two companies that are really going to head to head, Microsoft's not in, in the game. I mean, they're in gaming, but they're not in the game. Sony's not in the game. It's all Apple versus Nintendo. Um, I mean, and there's, there's stats to prove this. Uh, in fact, actually, if you go by those stats, like just, just by profits alone made in gaming, uh, I believe it was in 2019, Apple beat out Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony all in one, you know, like, like beat all of them combined. That's insane. So you want to tell me that Apple's not the company to beat in video games? Oh yeah, it is. You could say, well, it's apples and oranges. No, actually it's apples and Nintendo, but <laughs> But that's my point. 
Okay. Um, and really anybody who wants to, you know, win in gaming and become the, the brand name and become, you know, basically the Google of gaming, right? Like when you think search, I mean, Google has become like the verb. If you want to be the, the Google in gaming, as it were, you've got to beat Nintendo. Um, and you know, Apple certainly, you know, going for that and profit wise, they're certainly winning by leaps and bounds. Granted, a lot of that has to do with the aforementioned in-app purchases. So it's kind of cheating, but still that's how dominant they are, or at least how seriously they should be taken. Um, but you know, these aren't, you know, what, what's, what is being dominant, right. In, in video games, because there's not just one metric, right? You can't just judge it by profits. You can't judge it by hardware sales. You can't even really judge it by game sales, right? What really makes one dominant? Well, the company that is certainly trying to crack that nut is Valve. Um, and the Steam Deck is their latest foray into trying to get beyond just being the, what I would say is the de facto gaming platform um, on computers in general. Uh, I think they're still infinitely bigger than, than Epic games. Um, I mean, you, you know, the company Epic, uh, I, I mean, just by leaps and bounds, I, you know, anybody, when it comes to gaming on a computer, everybody, and this includes Microsoft, everybody has to beat valve. I mean, they, they just, they were just too ahead of the curve. They were just way, even though, you know, they've changed so little, <laughs> really, um, as, as far as like the, the, their user experience, I guess you could say, I mean, which, you know, ties in with their UI, uh, they, they've changed so little with their user experience and, and their offerings. Um, you know, it's amazing. They've been able to stay on top, but I mean, they also, I, they have to realize that they're being pretty stale. Uh, steam boxes did not take off like they expected, obviously. Um, so the steam deck is, is their latest attempt. And in doing so, in their latest attempt, and, and you know, you got to wonder, I wonder what the boardroom meetings were like, even though Steam has a very unique, like, anti-hierarchy uh, within the company. But I got to wonder what the meetings were like, what the think tank was like in, inside of Valve. I keep calling them Steam, but, you know, we all know. <laughs> we all know it's Valve. Um, y y I got to wonder what they were thinking. Were, were they basically saying, hey, you know what? We, with Steam boxes, we tried to take on Xbox and PlayStation and it just didn't happen. Like people, people didn't buy it for whatever reason and, and it just didn't work. But what if that's because like basically PlayStation and I, so, so, well, here, I, what I'm guessing they're thinking was in those meetings was that to get a new, you weren't going to replace, um, you know, you weren't going to get Xbox users away from Xbox. You weren't going to get PlayStation, uh, uh, you know, faithful away from the PlayStation, right? Because what does a PC other than like decades of history of games that, you know, people who I think usually are into PlayStation and Xbox are usually all about the graphics and everything, right? So the retro capabilities, the unmatched retro capabilities of the traditional PC don't hold any appeal. Okay. Old who gives a shit? I think when, when for a lot of the, you know, serious Xbox and, you know, PlayStation, I guess I'll call them faithful, the fanboys, right? You're just, you're, you're not going to win them over. So steam boxes failed, right? Because you're just not, you're not the market for a home console like that is essentially owned 
you know, by by you could say the big three overall, you know, Nintendo and so on and, and, and Microsoft, uh, you know, and Sony. But the difference out of those three is what Nintendo has been able to do, which is Nintendo has been able to bring in new gamers. They've been able to bring in like new demos, which I would argue Sony and Microsoft have not been able to do with the PlayStation, um, you know, and, and the Xbox. And I think that's partly because Sony's magic, of course, the PlayStation itself was pretty revolutionary and had just such wild games. Okay. That, that brought in that converted. See, I don't think the PlayStation really brought in anybody new. What it did is it transferred Nintendo fanboys into Sony fanboys. Okay. Or Sega fanboys into Sony fanboys, but it didn't bring in anybody new. All right. The Xbox, I don't really think that brought in anybody new. That that all stayed within the gamer base. What brought in new people was the Nintendo Wii, right? Because that, pun intended, changed the game. Like, that, that you know, just made games more accessible. It's all about that accessibility, okay? And the Nintendo Switch, which you can look at the numbers, this is objective fact, is outselling fucking everything. And is well on its way to outpacing, outselling probably like the DS, uh, the 3DS, and eventually the Wii as well. I mean, there's a very good chance this could be the best-selling video game console of all time. Okay? So, but let, let me back, let me let me rewind a little bit, back to a point. So PlayStation didn't bring in anybody new, but the PlayStation 2 brought in new people. Okay? The PlayStation 2 brought in new people. Why? Because it was a DVD player. And it was a cheap DVD player, as an inexpensive. And so, and it's a game console. Wow, double whammy, you know, however many hundred bucks, hundreds of bucks, I'll I'll take it. PlayStation 3, maybe not so much. You know, there was the value add of a Blu-ray player and a damn good one at that. Um, But I don't think that was enough to really hook people, especially for, you know, the 600, whatever, however many bucks you had to pay for it uh, at, at launch. Not as exciting as the PS2. The PS2 is the big system because it was more than just a gaming than than just a game system, right? So, but Nintendo, like I was saying, with the Wii, uh, as well as the Switch, clearly, have been able to bring in new demographics to become gamers solely on the accessibility of the games, right? like the different ways that you can play them, whether it's because of the Wiimote or it's because of the portability, but still, you know, the AAA games and, uh, you know, the home console capabilities, say, of a Nintendo Switch. So I think Valve was taking a good hard look and we're saying, okay, we already have all the PC gamers. It doesn't seem like we're going to be able to pry the Sony folk or the Xbox folk into buying another console because if they're PC gamers, they probably have a traditional PC as well, along with their consoles. So how are we going to get these people? How are we going to get new demos? How are we going to get going to get new users, right? How are we going to have user growth? Well, they decided to go after the King, the King being Nintendo. Um, and I, I mean, cause look, let, let's be clear here. When you say a company name, this is why I mean about being the Google of games, right? And even Google can't be the Google of games as hard as they're trying. Uh, but I mean, really, like, think about this. So when you say Sony, maybe we've gotten to the point where the first thing is you think PlayStation. But Sony does so much more, okay? And a lot of it they do very well. Um, you know, whether Blu-ray players, whatever else, or even if it's an older, you know, older folk, they'll think of Sony more as somebody who made stereos. They won't think of them for the PlayStation. 
say Microsoft. Yes. Look, I, yeah, great. The Xbox is a big deal. Okay. It sells well, whatever Xbox, all these things are doing great. Yep. 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 First thing you say, Microsoft people instantly think either, you know, like office or windows and probably windows. They do not think Xbox first. Most people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Most people. But when you think Nintendo, what do you think? Only one thing. You think games and games alone, even though Nintendo is looking to branch out from that as well. And I think Valve feels like they have to get that kind of cachet to, you know, to get in the new users and to, to, to have the brand grow. Um, I mean, part of me has to feel that, or really feels that I just can't picture it being a super profitable company because I think people have been conditioned at this point to, especially on steam to just wait for the sales, right? Wait, wait for the, the, the winter sale, the summer sale, whatever else. And, you know, buy games that are like $80 and buy them for five bucks that believe me that happens. So there's a part of me that thinks the only way valve can really make more money is to bring in new users. Okay. Or to get into the hardware game, even though really there's no video game company. There's no tech company that really makes a profit on hardware. Like Sony always sells at a loss. Microsoft has to be selling at a loss, which is why they're so excited to get into cloud gaming, right? Because then they don't have to worry about the hardware. They can just, you know, bother making games. Uh, Nintendo even, um, they may not sell at a loss, you know, but then also they, you could argue they, they limit their, their, their hardware to where it's not a loss. Right. Um, but even then I, I still think they do though. They can, you know, they can pull shit like with the classic consoles and, you know, sell something for $60, $70 that probably didn't even cost 10, you know, to make with their single board running Linux. And let's be clear here, as we're going to get into breaking down the, the specific, the, you know, the technical specifications of the steam deck, the steam deck is, is also a limited system. It's limited in that they, they knew the price point they needed to start at so that they could be competitive with Nintendo. That's, that's the game. They, you know, that's the aim that's, they had to have this thing in the $300 range. Okay. So they got it down to actually 399 for, you know, uh, I mean, there's three different models. Okay. There's like a 64 gig version, a 256 gig version, and a 512 gig, you know, as far as onboard storage uh, version. And, you know, those are 399, 529, and 649, respectively, as far as price. But they knew they had to get in that, you know, get in that range. Otherwise, they were never going to compete with Nintendo, which is who they know they need to compete with if they want to actually grow. Okay. I mean, if they just want to make some cool hardware for, you know, for valve users, you know, or for steam users here, uh, no, like, like then they'd sell it for double the price, right? They wouldn't cut corners at all because you know, the PC master race, a lot of times it feels like money is no object. So, you know, this is, I think that, that everything surrounding the steam deck, and I'm sure even marketing professionals there have even said that this is all about bringing in new gamers to what is effectively PC gaming, even though I'm sure valve would love if people thought of it more as steam gaming. Now I had mentioned that a lot of people had been requesting uh, of me to talk about this. Now, part of the reason that I held off on doing a review of my thoughts is 
you know, there were a lot of initial impressions looking at the overall design of the Steam Deck, which again, looks very much like a Nintendo Switch. And certainly there, you know, Valve isn't the first PC or hardware maker that's tried to copy uh, the Switch, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, I mean, you know, Razer's been in on the game, and there's some others that, again, we will get into. But there are a lot of perceived flaws in, oh, that's going to be awkward to hold, that's going to be awkward to use, etc. So I wanted to wait for some hands-on reviews, which were not possible at announcement. Now... We, thanks to PC Gamer and some others, um, we do have hands-on reviews. And a lot of those uh, concerns were to, you know, seem to be unfounded. Okay, granted, we may not fully know until December when there's a landed product. But as it stands right now, you know, a lot of the concerns of the controls being awkward, things like this, um, were unfounded, according to the hands-on reviews. So that's really what I was waiting on uh, to do this review so that I could be, you know, give you the latest information, um, and be as honest as possible, you know, about it. Um, also I wanted to make sure that this thing was actually going to happen, which is another part of why I waited for the hands-on reviews, because I wouldn't have been surprised if this thing got canned. I mean, the way economies are around the world, um, you can't, in my opinion, you can't count on fucking anything, you know, uh, unless, it's a company say like Nintendo, will their switch OLED come out? Yeah, well it, it will, <laughs> you know, but in recent weeks we've even gotten some, uh, uh, some, some, some potential or, you know, how I feel about leaks. I don't like leaks, but there, there seems to be some, some pretty cooperative data that suggests that Nintendo did have plans for some kind of a 4k console. Like there's a patent for upscaling, uh, that was filed by Nintendo. Um, and th there's some other things, even though those rumors seem to have been kind of debunked at, at points. Um, but regardless, it seems like there was originally a plan. And that's my point is that, you know, I didn't want to talk about something really that, that may never even come into existence. Okay. At least not something like this. I mean, that's one of the things I've learned in doing a tech show for 10 years, uh, there are a lot of times, especially in the first, I don't know, five years of Sovereign Tech's history, where, sure, I'll talk about upcoming projects and all this, and, and then the shit would just never happen. And it's, in fact, now it's 10 years later and some of this stuff has still never happened. You know, so I, I, I don't care to play that game uh, unless I'm going to be abundantly clear and, you know, every time and say, hey, you know, there's a chance this won't happen at all, though it's pretty clear this is going to happen. Um, I mean, and, and frankly, I felt pretty confident about it when they announced it you know, just a, a few months ago, um, because they're already taking, like they had their date set where you had to put in a $5 pre-order so that you could pay for it in full in December and everything, uh, all of which I think are fine. Um, and well, anyway, so, you know, I, I felt confident that it was going to happen, but now with hands-on reviews, okay, this thing's happening. So I want to break into the technical specifications. And then I want to talk about a lot of the hullabaloo and marketing around this thing, because there were a lot of people, especially early on, all saying, is this the, the switch killer? Is this the Nintendo killer, uh, you know, finally to come and blah, blah, blah. And well, we, I want to break all of that down. Is it bullshit or is it the real deal? We will see, but I'm going to take a break and then we'll come right back and talk, talk up the steam deck. Is it a steaming, <laughs> I was going to title the episode like the steaming poop deck or something or like the steam. 
<laughs> is it that? We'll see. I'll be right back with more Sovereign Tech. Woo! Hey, is Sovereign Tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com. And we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Let's get back to the show. And we are back with Sovereign Tech, where we are talking up the uh, 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 <laughs> much anticipated, I think that's a, that's fair to say, much anticipated Steam Deck from Valve. Um, you know, I said I want to get into the, the specs. Let's let's get right into it, because this is going to tell part of the story. Um, this is being touted as a portable, you know, system. I don't even think they want to use the term computer, though it is about PC gaming, right? Because it's Steam. This is a portable system that can play AAA uh, PC games. Basically, they want you to be able to play the latest and greatest games, uh, you know, with as much fidelity as possible. Essentially, they don't want you to have to sacrifice gameplay, you know, to 30 frames per second and, you know, at, I don't know, 480p or whatever, right? <laughs> So let's, let's, let's break this down. Um, the, the first, well, the CPU, it's an AMD, uh, Zen two, which is that's, that's a quad core. Okay. Uh, capable of eight threads. So that's, that's enough power there. Zen two, you know, does it, um, that also speaks to that it has the RDNA two GPU from AMD. Uh, that's a fair amount of power. As in, it can certainly play AAA games. So the RDNA two architecture to you know to really understand, um, so that that comes with eight compute units, right? And which adds up to a total of five hundred twelve cores. Now GPUs work, you know, fairly different than or at least by the numbers than CPUs do. Okay, so while that sounds really impressive, keep in mind that the Xbox Series X has 20 uh compute units compared to the steam decks eight so it's you know less than half as powerful as the xbox series x again it's a handheld but keep that in mind before you think oh this thing's a fucking beast and no <laughs> okay i mean it's good but like to call it a beast no but that is enough to based on the hands-on reports it is enough to have a great 720p experience um, on the handheld. Okay, now, can you uh, attach 
you know, whatever peripherals like a monitor and, you know, keyboard and mouse and all these other things to the Steam Deck. Yes, you could plug it in, dock it essentially and treat it like a, uh, you know, like a normal PC, more or less. Um, you could hook it up to your TV even, you know, I mean, just it's, it's ironic, like it's really competing with the Nintendo Switch in that way, right? Where that's where the whole Switch name comes from, is that it can be a portable thing or a portable console or it could be, you know, a, a TV based console. But reading on, uh, or you know, moving along with the the specs here. Um, so the AMD's uh, Zen 2, those four cores can clock anywhere between 2.4 to 3.5 gigahertz. Not bad at all. Uh, the GPU, uh, you know, the, the the compute units, what they can clock to about one to 1.6 gigahertz. Again, not bad. Okay. Uh, RAM is 16 gig. And really, here when we talk about RAM, so 16 gig is good. Not great. You know, for again, for gaming, keep this in mind, this is meant for gaming. Okay. If we were talking about, you know, an everyday computer, even somewhat of a workhorse, uh, 16 gig would be fine for gaming times are what they are. <laughs> okay. And 16 gig is really kind of the baseline. Uh, I think today at this stage, which is unimaginable to me, but that that's how it is. Um, you know, coming from you know, I, I, I started with Commodore 64, <laughs> you know, my, my 386. And anyway, um, we don't need to talk about those Ram numbers. So, uh, here's, here's where we run into our first problem. You cannot, or apparently you can, like it's, it's theoretically possible to upgrade the Ram on these things, but steam has made it so that you're, or has, has designed it so that you're incentivized not to. Um, so upgrading the Ram, not a good idea. It, it's LPDDR5 um, memory. I think initially there were, it was rumored that it was uh, soldered in. Uh, now it is, I, I think now it's been said that it is socketed, but they, re, you know, Valve themselves say, hey, don't, don't do it. You know, don't, don't upgrade uh, uh, the Ram for whatever reasons. Um, but, you know, again, this is part of, you know, when we talk about the 16 gig Ram, this is part of, okay, how do you get a gaming PC all in one down to sub $400. Well, that's how you do it. Or like, this is one of the ways um, that you do it. You can't skimp on the GPU too much, but on the Ram, maybe you think you can get away with it. Uh, and, and there's other parts to, to the Ram and, and which come down to the, the operating system involved, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, so storage, like we said, you can get it with uh, a 64 gigabyte EMMC which that is going to give you some shitty ass performance, right? Because again, EMMC, that's technically flash memory, but that's not a full on solid state drive as to where, when you go up in price a little bit, okay, again, that's where you cut corners, right? Cause those EMMCs, those are cheap as fuck. And that's how you get all these cloud books and everything, or, or even like uh, uh, Chromebooks that, wow, how are they only $200? Well, it's because the hard drive in them shit you know, <laughs> right. And, and it's exactly the same kind of thing that they're tossing into the, the low end steam deck. Um, so how do you, but, but again, you know, for a lot of people, that new demographic that I was talking about earlier, they're not going to care about the EMMC. They're not going to care about the 64 gig, right? Not really. Um, so, but when you go into the higher price range, right. When you get into the, 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 you know, the $500, the $600 ranges, then you get a full on NVMe solid state drive, right? 256 gig or 512 gig, um, the display on it. Okay. The display is, and again, you'd want those higher, you know, if you are thinking about getting one of these, 
I implore you, you know, when, when the time comes, cause I think the pre-orders are basically sold out, but when the time comes for fuck's sake, don't, don't get the, don't get the one with the EMMC drive. Don't do it. Uh, but anyway, the display seven inch LCD touchscreen, this is a key factor that we're going to talk about and p- potentially a key problem. Um, and the resolution on that, which adds compounds to the problem is 1280 by 800. So it's essentially at best, it's a 720p screen. I have no problem with that. I think 720p is fucking great. Okay. The switch has essentially a 720p screen and, uh, unless it's the OLED model, you know, like, like somewhat of a, or at least comparably sized, uh, a screen on it. And again, I have no issue with this, but we'll talk about it when, when we break this down more where this could really be a problem. Um, then uh, the refresh rate, 60 hertz. Okay, that's all pretty standard stuff. It does have built-in stereo speakers. It does have a one-eighth jack on it for plugging in headphones. Kudos, I think that's great. Um, it has uh, uh, dual mics, so you know you can use a microphone with it. So basically, you can do team gaming. You know, just with the system, you don't even need uh, a full-on headset. Though obviously, anytime you're you know playing with a mic. And the speakers on the same machine, you really want to wear headphones at least. But anyway, uh, it does have Bluetooth, um, USB type C. Uh, it also has uh, Wi-Fi and then um, the DisplayPort 1.4, you know, uh, support for that uh, anyway. And there is a separate dock being sold, you know, by Valve um, specifically for the Steam Deck that will let you connect it to, you know, again, those computer peripherals, probably give you more ports, all, all that jazz um, and, and, and to your TV uh, as well. So it also has, this is more important to bring up. It has a micro SD card slot. So even if you got the 64 gig version, yes, you could play it. You could do a lot more storage onto, um, you know, a, a micro SD card. Hopefully you'd, you'd get a fairly fast one. Um, but you know, both again, that EMMC drive for the 64 gig and even the fastest micro SD card that you can get your hands on are going to pale in comparison to what the big MVME drives, you know, would do for you, um, that are, you know, that are available in the higher price tiers, um, for this. So it has a 40 watt hour, uh, battery and the battery life on this thing, you know, that, that gets into, you know, one of the, one of the bigger conversations here. Um, because, well, actually I thought that PC gamer did a great job on breaking this down. Cause the claim is that you're going to get about eight hours of battery life on that. Now we all know anytime a company wants to claim, you know, that, that you get eight hours out of their system or however long you get out of a laptop or portable device, uh, that those numbers are, you know, really best case scenarios and often even fudged. Um, for example, you know, like the Nintendo switch, depending upon which model can get anywhere between five to seven hours, five to nine hours, whatever. Um, you, you know, as far as like overall battery life. However, you know, they'll put the little asterisk on it and it'll say, if you're playing legend of Zelda breath of the wild, you'll get three and a half hours out of it. Right. (laughs) So ultimately, you know, what are you going to get out of the switch? Yeah. Three and a half hours at best. So, (laughs) so the eight hours from steam, if that's legit, like if that's the real deal. So here's what, here's what theoretically, or, you know, I guess this is based on how long the games are. Um, PC gamer did a great breakdown of like some top tier games and how far you could actually get into the game in that eight hours. So with the, uh, the Witcher two, not even three, the Witcher two, um, you'd get 8% into the game. 
Crusader Kings 3, 9% perhaps into the game. Obviously, that's not counting any DLC. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, you get 10% into the game. Disco Elysium, 27% into the game. And that's if you're playing great, right? Dishonored 2, 39% into the game. Outer uh, Outer Worlds, it says Outer Wilds. Maybe they mean Outer Wilds. I, th- I think they mean Outer Worlds. But anyway, 40% into the game. And then Titanfall 2, 100%. Whatever, whatever. Who cares about Titanfall? Or at least I don't. Um So that gives you some idea of how much gaming you'd be able to get in on a sit down, right? And overall, you know, as far as size, like holding this thing, um, claims are again now that it's actually pretty comfortable. Okay. Uh, but it's roughly the same size as the Nintendo switch, which again, I, that's what I think they're going after here. Uh, or I mean, I think it's abundantly clear. They know who's owning and gaming right now and it's not Sony and it's not Microsoft. Um, it weighs under two pounds. That's pretty impressive. So it weighs only 1.47 pounds. Uh, that might be the number that surprised me the most. Uh, but again, claims are it has a really premium feel, uh, which, you know, great. I'm, I'm glad that, that it has that. Now let's talk about buttons and ultimately, or, you know, controls. And ultimately this is where I think we're going to run into problems as well. Um, this was the first place that people thought there would be problems because they felt like, wow, the positioning of some of the buttons on this thing. Um, and it obviously, or I would think it's obvious, but unlike the switch, you can't like pull off the sides and pull off joy cons or anything like this is an all in one machine. Of course it has Bluetooth. So it's easy enough, you know, to connect an eight bit do or whatever, uh, you know, controller, um, has USB C you could connect a controller via the USB C port. So, but it doesn't have a kickstand. It does not have a kickstand, even though I think the original kickstand for, for the original version of the Nintendo switch, not the OLED model, uh, was, was almost, uh, pointless, like, and it just kept flying off. So I wouldn't say that's a big loss here. And there's probably going to be like cases for this that would allow for a kickstand anyway. Um, but anyway, so all the, all the, all the controls are built right in, um, you know, on each side of the screen. Again, it looks very much like a Nintendo switch. Um, I'll have links in the show notes if you want to look at all of this, uh, more, but so control wise, I mean, there's a shit ton of controls, <laughs> a shit ton of buttons on this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Uh, just how much there is, you know, there's dual analog sticks. There's a D pad. Um, there's, you know, buttons that basically you know, map exactly like an Xbox one controller, um, which is great because that's become the standard really for PC gaming is the, you know, the Xbox controller. Uh, so, you know, you have your X, Y, A, and B buttons. Um, you have your trigger buttons, you know, you have your four trigger buttons. You actually have two more buttons on each side. So a total of four that sit under the grips, not at the shoulder, but at the, you know, kind of at the grips, like where your middle or index finger would be or not index, um, like your middle or, or even ring finger would be, uh, which I think is that nice, nice touch. You know, I mean, especially if you're going to offer everything that a PC can offer as far as games going back decades and crossing multiple systems, not just PC, right? Because, you know, we're going to talk about emulation of consoles. You know that, uh, the more buttons you can have, the better. Absolutely. Um, it does have on each side underneath the, uh, the analog sticks, it does have touchpads. So where, you know, you could simulate, uh, a mouse and clearly, you know, steam has experience with this because that's basically what they did with their steam controller, which I thought usually felt pretty good where, 
you know, instead of having like the like the traditional D pad and all that, there were two essentially touch pads that, you know, that could operate in that fashion. Uh, didn't always work the best, but I thought it felt pretty good. So having the two touch pads on each side, excellent touch. Uh, in fact, maybe one of the biggest wins on the controls here, but also points at a major problem. We'll get into that. But that's that's basically your your button setup here. Uh, I do like that the the speakers are front firing. Um, I have a big issue with that actually. Like I love the Nintendo 3D or 2DS XL, but they move the speakers to be backfiring, and you just don't get that same great or better sound, I should say, uh, that you do with the original 3DS or even the new 3DS, where the speakers were forward firing on each side of the screen. Essentially, unless it's a tablet that you're holding and it has like uh, either up firing and, and either up firing or even down firing does all right. Uh, speakers, you know, the best thing you can do is have them forward firing. Even in those scenarios, the best thing you can do is have forward firing speakers. Um, I love that there are some laptops over the past few years that have started to do that where they have forward firing speakers like on each side of the keyboard. Um, this is a direction that things need to go in. Uh, it's definitely it's a small thing. And most people are probably going to use headphones and you know, why not? Um, but it's a small thing, but it's a good thing uh, on, on Steam's part as far as overall design. Again, there were a lot of concerns around that, but now the concerns seem to be unfounded, uh, that it does feel good to hold. It does feel pretty natural. Of course, there is no keyboard on this. That's all done on the touchscreen, which is, you know, center stage. The seven inch screen is also a touchscreen. Makes perfect sense. So now that I think we have the bulk of the technical specifications out of the way and discuss some of the problems or one of some of the quick problems, which is it's not upgradable. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about how does this fare as a PC and then we can compare it. All right. Is it going to kill the Nintendo switch? Is it actually a competitor for the Nintendo switch? That I think is, is the big question, or at least that was what a lot of the stories are and to this day around the steam deck are all about, Oh, this is it. This is what's going to kill Nintendo. This is what's blah, 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 which it's so funny for you know, about as long as I've lived. That's been like the statement in electronics is how do we beat Nintendo? And every fucking company on the planet says that. And they still do today. Everybody's still trying to beat Nintendo. Even when the PlayStation two was owning ass over the GameCube or the, the PS4 was just devastating the Wii U or whatever. Everybody's still saying, how the hell do we beat Nintendo? Because they always know that, okay, well, we might've gotten them this generation, but who the fuck knows what those people are going to do when they, you know, out of, out of Kyoto, right? <laughs> who knows what they're going to do next time. They're going to mess with our heads. And, and that's exactly what happens, right? Like all oh, the GameCube. Oh, man, all oh, the Xbox and the PS2 took them. And then the Wii comes out and it's the best-selling system of all time. Wii U comes out. Oh, no, yeah, all the PS4 took all the threes. Oh, you know, these systems took it, blah, 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 blah. And then, bam, suddenly the Switch comes out and it's outselling every every platform out there. Right? So is Steam going to, is Valve going to be the company that finally does it? We'll get into that. But again, first I want to talk about uh, the Steam Deck as an actual uh, uh, gaming PC. Is it any good as that? No. Um, again, the up, the lack of upgradability, total fail total fail. Uh, I get it. They, they needed to make it that way. They needed to make it light. They needed to make it streamlined. They needed to make it something that you could hold in your hand, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, I don't think, and, and, and I get where they're coming from that they think that that equates to, you know, like having to solder everything in or making this thing where you can't really upgrade it. But that's not really the case. No pun intended about the word case. The real issue here is it's about cutting cost. Not allowing for upgradability is a cost cutting measure. It's not even about Valve making money on the Steam Deck 2 or anything like that, right? Um, no, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's a cost cutting measure. Why? Because you have other companies that have already come out with portable gaming PCs. And I don't mean like laptops. I mean like they are portable handheld gaming PCs. They've already done it. And they sell for triple of the cheapest uh, or the least expensive Steam Deck. Why? Because they do allow for upgradability. Because they do have a lot of other functionality. Okay, and, and I'll, I'll talk about some of those, but I just want to bring that up. Like the upgradability thing, it has nothing to do with, oh, well, this is what we got to do to make this thing, this thing, you know, svelte. It to totally has to do with cost cutting. Okay, and in my, I mean, right there, when you get into the game of cost cutting, you have gotten out of gaming PCs because gaming PCs are about the exact opposite, about cutting no costs, cutting no corners. So on that alone, it's a shitty gaming PC. Okay. Now let's get into the other, the, uh, you know, some other, other concerns here about how good of a gaming PC is this. Here's, here's in my opinion, the biggest problem. Okay. As far as it being a gaming PC, as far as it reaching new demographics, I don't think this is a problem, but as far as it being a good gaming PC, uh, -uh. PC gaming has a few tricks up its sleeve. PC gaming, the, the reason why there's so many people that, that so uh, vehemently identify or well, vehemently. Yeah, no, that's OK. That, that's a fine word. Uh, I'll just say why are they so strongly identify as PC gamers. And I love you. I'm here, baby. I, you know, PC master race right on. Um, comes down to there are certain genres of games that can really only be done well. Uh on, on PCs as in you need a mouse. No, no, you can't use a touchpad. You need a fucking mouse. If you're going to do it right, if you're going to be serious and if you're going to dominate the day. And I think the most obvious one to talk about are real-time strategy games, RTS. Now, real-time strategy games have been released for consoles over the years. They've been, I mean, for over 20 years, they've been released on consoles, never really took off. Like never really, you know, hit stride. I mean, and I can think of some of them, um, you know, Dune 2000, uh, Command and Conquer was released on fucking everything. So was Starcraft, uh, you know, be it the N64, PlayStation. I mean, like these games have been tried all over the place. Even the PlayStation 3, they tried to do Command and Conquer th or Red Alert 3. Um, and they did like an ultimate edition on there. That's still like, I think some of those missions haven't been ported over to PC yet, which pisses me off. That's one of my favorite games of all time. Um. You know, it's been tried over and over again, and it just an RTS with a controller, you know, with 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 a regular, you know, style controller with analog sticks and a D-pad and all that. It just never really works. It's not fast enough. I would argue to this day, and there's I think there's plenty of proof, you know, it's not just an argument, there, there's proof that first person shooters suck as as console games. They're wildly popular on console games. But they suck as, as overall 
as console games, unless it's a slower shooter, like say the Metroid prime series, I think then it can work. But when you need precision and all these other things, uh, you're always making some kind of trade-off. You know, the most recent example would be with, um, Jedi Academy when that got released for switch, uh, and for, well, for consoles in general. And then, you know, some PC gamers figured out how to log into the servers for the console version of Jedi Academy. Cause Jedi Academy, you know, is a game that's been out for PC for, I don't know, 15 some odd years, whatever. Um, or older than that, almost 20, I guess. But, uh, you know, when, when the PC gamers came into the servers for the console players, they wiped the floor with the console players, not because they were better using cheat codes, but because they fucking had mouse look, right? They had mouse and keyboard. They had WASD, WASD and, and mouse because those controls are just so fucking fast and precise. You can't beat them. So there are some games where the Steam Deck you know, with its built-in controls could do fine, including with those touchpads. Nice. It's good to have the touchpads. I'm not arguing against them. Okay. But there are entire genres of PC games that these controls aren't up to snuff. They are not good enough. They'll never be good enough. And I mean, I think it gets into a a big problem, especially because you're going to be like, well, shit, now I can play Call of Duty on the go or I can play Battlefield on the go or whatever you're going to do. Yeah, but you're going to go take on you're going to do some competitive Battlefield with with fucking joystick controls. That's a joke. It's a bad one, too. Oh, it's not going to work for you. You're going to you're going to get your ass creamed. So (laughs) like they did their best. Like, I, again, I, I said it earlier. I applaud the amount of buttons that are on here. I applaud the touchpads. I think all these things are fine, but they are, I mean, for, for gaming that is PC gaming, that is serious PC gaming, RTSs, even first-person shooters, and, and some other genres, no way. This, it just it won't fly. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Talk about not flying. I mean, flight simulators? You can get away pretty good with an analog stick on a flight simulator. Like, I, I can play TIE Fighter pretty good with an, with an Xbox One controller. Um, but even then, you know, m- missing that... The, the, <sighs> all those flight sim gamers, you know what I'm talking about. You, you want a fucking Logitech joystick or whatever, Thrustmaster, whatever you want. You know you need those other controls. Okay? And this isn't going to be good enough. So again, as a gaming PC, it sucks. The controls just aren't there. And I mean, you can't, you don't even get like a hardware keyboard, which I know would be a challenge and would like double the size of this thing potentially. But well, that, 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 that gets to another thing. Um, let, let's talk about this screen in the middle design. I think, and maybe it's just my, built-in uh, uh, instincts or, or, you know, my, uh, my developed, I guess I should say, my learned instincts in being a gamer for, you know, over 30 years. Uh, there is some weird disconnect. And it's not because it's portable or handheld. There is some weird disconnect between my hands being on each side of the screen, you know, and the screen being in the middle. There is some, you know, because gaming is all, everybody always talks about this, right? Oh, it develops hand-eye coordination. And and it's true. Okay. Hand-eye coordination is a big deal. It is life or death in gaming, especially competitive, but even just in the game itself. Um, 
so, something just never registers right when the controls are this way. Um, I deal with it with the switch, but that's just it. I deal with it. You know, uh, it, it's, it, it just never, my, I, what I think has happened is just over 30 years. And so maybe this isn't true for young people anymore. I don't know, but over 30 years, I think I have gotten so used to not looking at the controls and my face, you know, being forward that I think actually me seeing myself touch the controls throws me off. Like it makes me question the move I'm about to make, which like in a fighting game, you can't do, right? You, you got to go with flow. You can't be questioning shit. And so I, I really don't like, you know, the, like I get the design, I get they're taking on the switch, whatever, uh, or they think they are. I, I understand it, but I, I don't like it now to say, yeah, but Stallion, how else would you do this? This is the only way you can do it. No, that's not true. That's not true at all because you could have followed the 3DS's design, which the clamshell design for a portable system or for a handheld system has been the way to go, in my opinion, forever, ever since the Game Boy Advance SP. Um, and and that, you see, now that's an important thing too, is that even just that little bit of distance up where my eyes can just see up a little bit, like I never had problems with controls with even going back to the original Game Boy. It was totally intuitive and was fine. It's when my thumbs are in the line of sight with my eyes things just don't click. Now, maybe that's just me. So maybe I shouldn't hold that against the system, but also, I, I mean, I levy the lack of clamshell design. I levy that against the switch. Also, that's a complaint against Nintendo uh, as well, you know, for, for me. Um, and the sad part is it doesn't have to be this way. So a company that, uh, in my opinion has made what I, what I called in 2021, the ultimate computer, that being the company GPD and that being their micro PC, Okay. Now this is the micro PC is a little like six inch computer. That's a clamshell. Okay. And it has what feels like it does have, you know, it opens up the screen, uh, all of the, you know, the, the, the touchpad, the mouse click buttons and the little keyboard, which is kind of like an old Blackberry keyboard. All of that is, you know, on the bottom part of the clamshell. So it's not on each side of the screen. Um, it's amazing how natural that feels and how good that feels. Even when I'm, I'm doing things and I'm like holding it almost like a, like a handheld, like almost like a game boy or a 3ds, I should say, uh, you know, just how, how intuitive again, that, that, that really feels, of course, granted, you know, I do have to look at the keyboard in that case, but you know, using mouse and the mouse buttons on each side of you, you know, that that's fine. So GPD has really figured this out, but I'm not talking about the micro PC. Okay. Cause that's not powerful enough. And I don't consider it a competitor in any way for the steam deck. What I do consider a competitor and infinitely superior other than, okay, maybe the graphics power isn't exactly there. Um, but this is important to bring up. I mean, cause I'm not saying you can't do a gaming PC handheld. I think you can. And I think GPD's done it. Um, the best one now, I, well, so GPD does have what's called the win three, and this is like their third time around. And they've really, I think they've really perfected it. Um, this has like a 5.5 inch screen. Um, same deal. 720p, all that jazz comes with windows 10, 16 gig of Ram. Um, but you know, I mean, the nice thing about GPD is that they, they do allow for, you know, some upgradability on, on certain parts. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but there's the win three, which looks like much more like a steam deck or a switch. Uh, even though on that, and I applaud this design, 
you can actually flip up or the screen can like can slide up kind of like a phone slider, right? Uh, like the old sidekicks. Remember those? It can, it can slide up and there is an entire physical keyboard. Granted, it's not like a, a you know, full size QWERTY by any means, but it is a, you know, it is a, a tactile uh, keyboard. It's not, it's not just a touchscreen keyboard, which is brilliant. Um, and even solves the issue of my thumbs being in line of sight with the screen to some degree, but the real winner. So, cause the win three, let's be clear here. And that comes with like a one terabyte NVMe. I mean, it's got a core I five in it, uh, like 11th generation. That's, that's how new this thing is. Uh, now, I mean, playing with some serious power right there. Um, it also has, I mean, granted again, it is heavier, bigger, uh, than the steam deck in ways, but it also has like a full USB a port. Um, so that, that, you know, I mean, granted USB C is really becoming the standard, uh, but you know, it's nice to have that USB a port anyway. Uh, the real one that I want to talk about, which runs in the same price they, they all run over a thousand dollars, depending upon what like hard drive you have in it and so on. Um, but there's the GPD win max and this, this, in my opinion is a portable gaming machine. Okay. Now it doesn't have you know, the RDNA, uh, AMD, you know, GPU cores or anything like that. It uses, um, Intel's Iris, specifically the, uh, Iris plus 940 graphics, which are phenomenal for, I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay. They're not going to, you know, they're not like a, uh, whatever an NVIDIA, you know, 3060 or whatever, <laughs> like they're, they're not that, but they'll, they'll rock your AAA games pretty, pretty well. Um, and also, I mean, the big benefit for me with Iris, Iris graphics, anytime I have the option to go for that, I usually do reason being Linux always works like a dream, um, you know, on that. And that, that's something else we got to talk about with the steam deck, because it is not coming with windows native. We're going to get into that, but to, to keep talking about the Winmax, um, look, I love AMD and I prefer AMD over Intel any day of the week. I will say though, if we're talking about gaming PCs, one of the areas where uh, GPD's choice to go with Intel is a winner is that it has Thunderbolt support. So even though you have those Iris graphics, if you're going to dock this thing, because you could say to me that everything I was just complaining about with uh, controls for, for the Steam Deck, yeah, but you can dock it, Brian. You can connect a mouse and keyboard. You can do all this. Okay, great. But then how does this stack up when you're connecting it to the dock, right? And then compared to like a desktop or even a more traditional gaming laptop, laptop, it doesn't stack up very well. Um, here's the beauty with, you know, with going with Intel is you could hook up, um, you know, an external graphics card with Thunderbolt. And so then, I mean, and you're already rocking an 11th gen uh, uh, processor. I mean, you're going to fucking slay with the GPD WinMax. Granted, you're paying double the price. I get that. But you're getting, you're getting double the machine, you know, you're getting uh, in, in many ways, like especially, and, and then, yeah, I know it would cost another 500, 600, I don't know, whatever, uh, to, to, you know, get a external graphics card hooked up, but this is something that's actually going to last you. It's not going to be out of fashion next year when it comes to the, the GPD win max, it's just, a, it's a superior machine on every level. And again, when it comes to game to, to PC gaming, you don't talk about cost. You don't cost cut anywhere and GPD didn't. And, you know, you can get inside this thing, you know, and do some upgrading and so on. Um, I mean, Bluetooth five, um, same deal where it's got the, the, the 
720p screen. Okay. That, that kind of sucks. Um, but, or it can suck depending upon how you want to use this thing, but pound for pound, it just blows away the steam deck. Uh, the controls on it are great. And trust me when, when you hold it, because it is a smaller, uh, screen and you have your thumbs on each side, you have, uh, you have the twin, uh, uh, joysticks, you know, analog sticks, uh, capable. You have the D pad, you have the ABCD, you have the shoulder buttons. You've got all that built into this thing with a fairly good sized keyboard on it. Um, and then it's that clamshell design. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Battery life may not get that eight hours, but then I question whether or not the steam deck's going to get that eight hours in, in any real, uh, you know, real usage. Um, I mean, the keyboard's even backlit on this. Thing. <laughs> it's a hardware keyboard. Uh, oh, I, I love the WinMax. I think this is such a gorgeous machine. And it comes with Windows 10 um, installed. Now, that's going to lead to a conversation that we're going to have. Or did I say it had an i5? The, the, Win, the Win 3 has the i5. The, the WinMax has an, has an 11th Gen i7 in it. That's how fucking hardcore that thing is. Um, we got to talk about SteamOS. Okay. You know, a year or two ago, and even before then, um, and in fact, there's episodes, I think, of TIE Fighter Renegades where you, you can hear Rob and I talking about it, or maybe it was even in like on some old Sovereign Tech Q&A shows um, where we talked about it. But it felt like Valve was just forgetting about SteamOS. SteamOS was a custom Linux uh, distribution that Valve made for Steamboxes. Um, it was a bit of an unwieldy beast. Like it... it like wanted a terabyte or something. I remember at the time it was really crazy and they, they were trying to make it so that you could really only use it on steam boxes, uh, at one point, then they sort of opened it up, but then it seemed like for a while they never really did anything with it. Now they're up to version three. Um, a lot of the hands-on reviews are saying that, well, valve still got to figure out the UI for steam OS to work on the steam deck. Uh, that that's the UI and all that shit. That's not even my, really my concern here. Okay. Now valve has been working hard on making it possible through degree of virtualization, making it possible to play games only made for windows, but play them on Linux without having to completely, you know, recode the game for Linux. Uh, I applaud this. I think that that's a great thing to do. And frankly, it's a necessary thing if you're going to sell the steam deck without windows installed. Okay. Pre-installed anyway, can you put windows on this? Yes. Uh, technically you can. Should you put windows on the steam deck? Well, according to valve, no. Um, according to a lot of other commentators, no, in my opinion, that's batshit insane. <laughs> And, and I'm one of your biggest supporters, uh, of Linux in general, because this speaks to, so we got two things to get into about the windows issue. Okay. This speaks to what I think a lot of people see the, see the steam deck as being the ultimate gaming machine. That's their selling point. And this is where I think they're wrong because unless you're going to put windows on this thing, no, it is not going to be that dream emulation slash play everything game machine um, that you're imagining. A, no amount of, vir of, of virtualization is going to, you know, is going to perfectly, uh, uh, you know, play 
whatever game or any software or anything like that um, on, you know, a non-native OS ever. It's just not going to happen. And when you're already dealing with limited hardware, that's a problem. Okay. B, there are, there, there's so much software related to emulation gaming in general that, you know, is windows only. And frankly has been abandoned for a decade, if not decades, that's never going to get ported to Linux or likely ever going to get ported to Linux because people don't see the point for whatever reason. Um, that I guess you could, you know, make a do a virtual machine to make that happen. Good luck doing that with SteamOS. Good luck with doing that when you only have like 64 gig of, of onboard storage or whatever. Um, I mean, you have to create an entire another, you know, whole other operating system. Um, I, I really don't see that as as viable. Okay, for gaming, I've never felt that 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 virtual machines were worthwhile for games. You know, I get it in on-prem work sites, all, you know, work environments, enterprise environments. I understand it there. Never, ever, 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 ever understood it for gaming. And it's never worked properly uh, for gaming in general. And there are, I mean, like, just think of the modding scene for games. 99% of the modding scene with games that maybe you've been playing for 20, 30 years are solely Windows based as far as their installers. Right? Like TIE Fighter Total Conversion, solely Windows-based. Okay? Um, when you're talking PC gaming, you know, I mean, great things are, great strides are made in Linux. Valve is leading the charge on that. I'm not saying you can't be a Linux PC gamer. Of course you can. I am saying that if your argument is that the Steam Deck gets to take advantage of decades of PC gaming, no, it does not. And it does not get to take advantage of the full-on modding scene either. Not even close. And this doesn't even get into, well, we'll get into it. This is another major issue with Valve in general, with Steam in general. There are, now I'm somebody who has a gigantic, literally thousands of games in my Steam collection. Thousands. There are games in my collection that cannot play on windows today. There are games in my steam collection. There's games in my GOG collection that say they work on Linux. They no longer do. You know, I mean that, that again, that that's true for GOG and for steam. Steam is such a gigantic platform. It is such a massive platform. And there are gaming companies that have come and gone since Steam has been around. And Steam cannot guarantee that every game you buy in their store is going to work. You know, not don't even think of SteamOS, let alone will work on Windows or Mac. They cannot guarantee that. So if you're, I mean, and so this gets even more important when we're talking about SteamOS. If you think everything that's available on SteamOS is going to play, no, that's just not true. Which this point is one of my biggest arguments for still being, or still being invested and interested in console gaming. Is that when a console says it can play a game, it can fucking play a game. And it'll play it till the end of time as long as it's not like reliant upon uh, an eShop or something you know, a digital download. 
So uh, massive problem here. Uh, and also, I mean, we could get it, you know, speaking of like digital game stores, I mean, what about delisted games? How about that? You know, where, where does that fit in now? That's where, okay. Having an actual PC could help because you could install the game independently. Right. Uh, because you know, PC is like, <laughs> there, there's no homebrew in PC, right? The PC is the, is, is all homebrew. Okay. You know, everybody's doing homebrew on PC, <laughs> you don't have to unlock your computer or, or anything like that. You don't have to, you know, worry about bricking it or the, you know, these sorts of things. Uh, you know, the PC can just do it all. Well, more particularly windows can really do it all. Unless you're a great coder, then yes, Linux can do it all. I'm not arguing against Linux. I never would. In this case though, for being a gaming PC, in my opinion, you, you just, you've got to, and to be able to play everything that's come out through time for this to be, Oh, this is just the ultimate gaming machine. It's got to have windows on it. Got to. And just end a story. Now, pro the, the second problem with that, okay, is, and this gets to point C, it's a seven inch screen. Windows 11, okay, which is, I mean, and maybe gamers won't care. I don't know. Okay. Like right now I'm trying to put Windows 7 on a newer machine. And I know the challenges around that, no USB 3.0 drivers and blah, 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 blah. I know. Okay. But I'm just so tired of modern <laughs> Microsoft and there's just so much legacy software I want to run. I just want a machine that has windows seven on it. Right. Um, but one of the, uh, uh, requirements, system requirements for windows 11. And this is the one that I thought when I did my review of the windows 11 announcement, I talked about this is it wants an 8.9 inch screen or essentially a nine inch screen. I get why they want that. I get what they're looking for as far as that goes. Cause a lot of times system requirements aren't so much about what you can do with an OS. It's more about what they want to guide, uh, 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 you know, hardware makers to do with their, you know, manufacturers to do with their laptops and whatever else, um, or tablets in this case, which is clearly what they're aiming at with that nine inch screen. So now really screen size doesn't matter, right? What matters is resolution. So if you have a six inch screen, but that six inch screen is running at 1080p, I don't, it doesn't matter how small the text is. Bottom line is, uh, it can display anything that any other 1080p sized screen can play, you know, or can display. And so, you know, the nine inch thing doesn't really matter, but I do think it, it, there were, uh, in the system requirements, it wasn't just the nine inch screen. The system requirements did speak to the, essentially that you needed 1080p for windows 11. So the steam deck having both, you know, a, a 720p screen and not 1080 and it being seven inches, um, you're screwed, you know, <laughs> as far as windows 11 goes. Now you can say, well, I'll just have windows 10 on there, but then we just put us, we essentially just put a shelf life on this thing, right? For the average user, because we want the average user. We want the average demo. Okay. That new demo that, that, that steam's looking or that valve's looking for here with the steam deck. We want them to be fucking secure. These are, this is going to be, I mean, like, let's say that the steam deck does best Nintendo by some goddamn miracle and outsells the Nintendo switch. However many millions and millions of units that has to be. If, the best way to play games on this is to have windows, you know, like the latest version of windows on there, right. With the most or is to have windows on there in general. And then when you have windows for fuck's sake, you want to make sure you're getting the latest security updates. And with windows 10, which you could say, well, I'll just install windows 10. Okay. 
but then this computer, you know, just had just you, you just put a shelf life on this thing of only like five more or not even four more years. Right. Because it's only goes to, to uh, 2025 when the last security updates will go out for Windows 10. Yeah, maybe Microsoft will extend it like they've done with previous OSs. But let's talk about the here and now and what we know here and now. And that's what we know. So, but installing Windows 11 is going to be a piss poor experience because you're always going to run into screen resolution issue issues. Um, so this, you know, this A, B, and C that we just discussed, well, this is a horrible gaming PC. Well, but Stallion, then I can just hook it up to the Steam Dock and, and it can connect to a 1080p screen or a 4K screen and it can connect to, you know, mouse and keyboard and everything. And, and then there's no more problems. Yeah, you can do all that. But then are you competing with the Switch? No. Then are you a portable, are you a handheld gaming PC? No. Well, I don't care about Windows. Well, but then there's there's whole generations of games that you're likely, not without an ass ton of work, which certainly isn't going to reach the new demos, you're likely not going to play, you know, everything that a a, a laptop frankly, for around the same money, would give you access to a more traditional laptop. So, again, shitty gaming PC. And also becomes, you know, again, I mean, this, and this is a major issue for me, for somebody who's in cybersecurity, uh, you know, especially if people, like, switch over to Windows and whatever, um, you just unleashed an ass ton of insecure devices on the world. And also Linux is going to become a hot target. <laughs> like if, if this thing really takes off and, and I'm, that's not an argument for people not using Linux. I want people using Linux because the security model for Linux is superior to any other operating system anyway, because it is open. Um, again, the model is, you know, it's not necessarily saying it, 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 it's, you know, like immediately more secure, but you know, just that it can be, um, anyway, so, I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing, but we, we don't have to concentrate on that. So I don't see this as a really viable, uh, uh, gaming PC. And, you know, maybe you'd argue with me, like I mentioned the GPD win max. Well, the GPD win max has similar issues, right? Aha. I would argue not. The reason why I think the, the win max is a much better, is better, or I mean, there's a few reasons I think it's better as a handheld gaming PC. But the reason I think that it's much better is that, okay, yeah, you can hook it up. You know, you could do the same thing like you're going to do with the Steam Dock with your Steam Deck. Okay, you could dock it. You could dock the Win Max. But here's the beauty of the Win Max: you've got an 11th generation processor in there from Intel, the latest, or close enough to the latest. Okay, you have the Thunderbolt ports. You can connect whatever the latest fucking graphics card into it. And you've got that great processor built in. You can upgrade the Ram from 16 gig. Okay. That can be a PC that can last another five to however many years because of its upgradability, both internally and externally. So that's a far better investment because five years from now, even, you know, say you're not worried about the Windows 10. I mean, yeah, five years from now, I guess it's not going to be a really a, a problem about Windows 10 security because by that time, I don't think the Steam Deck's going to be able to play AAA games. As to where the GPD Win Max, yes, absolutely. It could still play those games. 
So don't think I'm, I'm poo-pooing the idea of a handheld PC uh, gaming PC. I think it's a great idea. Let's just be clear here, okay, that the Steam Deck is not the great gaming PC, not the great handheld gaming PC. And, you know, I get it. Look, I understand getting it down to that $399 price point, right? How do you save money on that? Well, you shave off 100 bucks for not having to include Windows on it. I understand why they did that. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but at the end of the day, as far as a gaming PC, I'm saying, yes, it is a bad idea. So all of that said, how does this match up against the Nintendo Switch? Because let's say, okay, well, maybe Valve's not really going after the PC gaming market. Maybe they're actually, they're just, they're really just wanting to take on the Switch. And this is, in their opinion, the best way to do it. And, you know, become a actual console company instead of so much a PC company, even though in the back end, that's really what they are. How does it, how does it measure up against the Switch? Well, here, here's the easy part to say. The reason that the Switch has reached out to whole new demographics again, whole new audiences again, just like the Wii did, and even is, I think, doing it better than the Wii did, because the Wii was a little bit of a pain in the ass to set up, right? You need a little sensor bar, all that jazz. Comes down to one word, simplicity. Nintendo's simplicity. You know, I mean, I, and I get it. I'm, I'm right there as, as a, you know, Nintendo diehard. I'm, I'm right there with everybody. Why can't I have folders, you know, on, on, my, on my Switch UI, right? So I can organize my games and all these other things. Nintendo is dead set on simplicity. And to reach the new demographics and bring in new players and everything, that simplicity has to be there day one. And has to be it has to be a part of it as soon as they turn the thing on. Now, ironically, like there are some things that are really buried on the settings for the Nintendo Switch, but I think for most people they wouldn't necessarily care, right? And Nintendo can automate a lot of the updating processes and everything anyway. So I don't think that the Steam Deck is ever going to reach the level, but just by the nature of PC gaming. They're never going to reach the level of simplicity that Nintendo has. And so they are never, there are just demographics they're never going to reach ever. Why is Apple the most profitable company in gaming? Because there's nothing simpler. Well, I think the switch is actually simpler than that, but you know, if you know how to use an iPhone, then you know how to game on it. That's as simple as it can get, right? <laughs> but as far as design, I, again, the Nintendo is, or the switch is still even simpler. Um, so no, it's not going to take it on that. The other part, man, like there, I, there, there is, you know, there's X factors, right? You cannot quantify the value. You can't, you cannot quantify the value of owning Mario, Zelda, Metroid, you know, Kirby go down and Pokemon. Go down the damn list of the Nintendo IPs. You can't quantify the value of that. Every single one of those is essentially a household name. Every single one of those. You can talk to grandma. She don't know shit about Battlefield or Call of Duty. You talk to her about Mario. Oh, yeah. You're never going to beat that. <laughs> like, you know, I talked about this even with, with the Xbox. 
Like, I think Microsoft is brilliant to, to, to go with the Xbox. And what did they do? They wrapped that entire machine around one character. They knew they had a one in a million shot, not to make a great console, a one in a million shot to make a great mascot, to make a great character that could carry their hardware. One in a million. And they pulled it off with Master Chief. They pulled it off with Halo. Valve doesn't have that. Oh, they have Dota. Oh, they have Team Fortress. Oh, they have whatever. No, no. Point at a character. You know, or you could say Half-Life or something, but I, I don't know when Freeman's coming back. Success in gaming comes down to having, you, you've got to have that great IP. You have to have that great, not just the IP, the character within that IP. You've got to have that great character. Sega is nothing without Sonic. Nothing. Yep, they make plenty of other great games. I'm not going to argue against that. But I'm just telling you in, in like popular consciousness, they are nothing without Sonic the Hedgehog. I can say to you right now that there is no way that, like especially at launch, that the Steam Deck is going to somehow kill the Switch because, like, are they even touting launch titles in any way? No. Like, th this is, this is you know, uh, uh, console launch 101. Have launch titles that you're going to promote, you know, on launch day. There's none of that. And again, they don't have a character. They don't have a character that everybody knows. If Valve were, were smart, they, they should have bought like Rayman from Ubisoft or something. Somebody, you know, not, I'm not saying even Rayman is that well known. But they should have bought some fucking character. I mean, even Microsoft knows this. Like with their cloud services, why are they going out buying Bethesda and buying out all this shit? Because they know they need recognizable names whenever they do a big push on any new console or console service. Valve's not doing any of that. It's not going to work. And Valve cannot say, like we were just talking about, they cannot say that, well, that's because we have every character. We already have Sonic. We already have this. We have, yeah, that's not going to sell consoles because people will already play it on whatever they're fanboying today. They're not going to play it on your shit. So, and even get beyond the mascot issue, just flat out. Nobody, 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 nobody makes games as tight and as solid as Nintendo. I'm not saying they hit it out of the park 100% of the time. I'm just saying that when they're on it, they're on. Nobody makes games that good. Why does Nintendo weather all these storms? Because nobody makes games that good. Nobody does it better than them. Oh, you could say, well, their games aren't that adult or their games aren't this or the games aren't that. Okay, you might suggest that like there's, there's certain, I don't know, emotional elements or something like that that might not be in them. But as far as like the game design, playability, replayability, tightness of controls and so on. Oh, honey. Nobody does it better than Nintendo. And, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of people are starting a lot of a lot of developers. And I don't just mean video game developers. I mean, like software developers in general. A lot of developers are starting to realize something that I have been espousing, including in gaming for a really long time. Uh, on sovereign tech and in life in general, a lot of developers, software developers are coming to the point that they're like, you know, the more I think about, and, and this is a, like, I don't know if Steve jobs is the first one to say it, but I know that Steve jobs said it way back. Uh, what was that during the, the D five conference, uh, that anybody who's great 
you know, who makes great software wants or wants to make great hardware. Now that point can get expanded upon and essentially it gets to a point where software can't reach its true, its true potential until it does have its own hardware until it's like baked into the design of the hardware itself. Now, something that I've argued for a long time is like, I think it'd be brilliant for like, here's something that could win for, for valve come out with a Dota two box or Dota or I don't know, whatever, whatever game they want to rock today, come out with a box that specifically plays that one game and that one game only like blizzard. You want to do something interesting? Come out with a wow box. And I, because look, the Xbox, what was its success? Ever what did everybody call the original Xbox back in the day? They called it the Halo box. Cause they figured that's all that anybody like really played on it. And you know what? That wasn't too far from the truth. Is that a bad thing? Obviously not. <laughs> How's Xbox doing right now? <laughs> doing great. You know, come out with the league of legends box, come out with, you know, you know, whatever, like hardware that is specifically designed to make the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the use of the software, the game, whatever, as easy as possible. That's how that, that's a winning strategy. Okay. And a lot of, a lot of software developers are really thinking hard about this now, you know, and, and in some ways this is what Valve's doing. Okay. Well, we have steam, we have steam OS. Let's make hardware that takes advantage of what the OS can do. And I applaud that. And I get that, but it's, it's way too, it's not micro level enough, you know? And Nintendo just has the absolute benefit of just making the best games ever, uh, and controlling the hardware at the same time, you know, at, at the, 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 the micros, the microest of micro levels, you know, the nano level, they have control over the hardware. So, you know, valve's not there. They're just not, I mean, they're great. They develop great games. I'm not saying that they don't, they develop great things. Okay. But you know, to, to, to take on the switch, like everybody's talking about, Oh, this is a switch. What the fuck it is. <laughs> not until you, frankly, at first, not until you install windows on it. And then we run into a whole other slew of problems. Like we were just talking about. And again, the hardware and, and see, this speaks to the other thing, because you could say to me, well, but the switch is on what could be called antiquated hardware, hardware that's already out of date. Yes, you're not wrong. Okay. But again, Nintendo makes the games to work with the heart to take full advantage of the hardware. And when you're doing that, it doesn't fucking matter how powerful the hardware is because the games are developed with that specific hardware in mind. That is not true for a gaming PC. And that is so thus that is not true for the Steam Deck. Nintendo can get away with that. A, P, a gaming PC cannot because there's just too many developers. You know, there's too many, too many uh, game studios. It's just, you just, you can't get away with it. So again, I want to, I want to wrap this up. Look, I applaud the idea. Okay. I applaud. I was a fan of steam boxes. I think it's a great idea. I have no problem with valve getting involved in hardware. Okay. I think, I think it's wonderful. Okay. I have no problem with Valve doing their own OS, doing steam OS and all this stuff. I think all these things are wonderful. Okay. Um, where I, where I disagree one, this is okay. This is not the best handheld gaming PC out there. Like there are far better implementations. Okay. Two, it's not even a good gaming PC by those metrics. Three, no, you're not going to beat Nintendo. <laughs> like, you're not going to take them out. PC gaming is not going to suddenly take the world by storm because of this thing. 
And the first time, you know, some person out of new demographics that, that Valve's trying to reach, the first time that they run into an issue where a game doesn't boot up properly, you know, or just crashes the system and they can't just pull out a cartridge and blow on it, they're going to throw out their Steam Deck and say, what the fuck is this piece of shit? So I guess that boils it down. Don't tell me this is a great gaming PC. Don't tell me that this is game changing. Okay. And then don't, don't dare suggest that somehow this is a switch killer. You're insane. I mean, it's abundantly clear. Those are such clickbaity headlines, you know, like that's all that that's about because none of these, I mean, and journalists lie all the time. Um, not all of them, not all of them, but <laughs> journalists lie all the time. And <laughs> <laughs> to, to get their clicks, to get their impressions and everything. And that's all that, that, that that's about there. There's nothing about this that's, you know, and, but I mean, the one part that's honest is, oh yeah, they're looking to compete with Nintendo. They know that that's who you got to beat, right? When Facebook got into gaming with the, uh, with Oculus, who did they say directly? Who did they say, who are we competing against? They said, we need to take out Nintendo. They didn't bother talking about fucking Xbox or PlayStation. I said, no, 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 no. If we want to be taken seriously as a gaming machine, we only have one company to beat and that's Nintendo steam or valve has to be, has to know the same thing has to know the same logic because it's not wrong, but they're not even close. Like it's, it's just not going to happen with this. You know, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, it's fun. Like there, there are fun things you're going to be able to do with this. You know, you're going to figure out how to put windows on there. If you're more tech savvy, you're going to have fun with windows on it. Probably you're going to pop on some emulators. You're going to do all that stuff. It's going to be a great machine for a lot of that. You're going to have a ton of fucking fun going to playing decades of gaming and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But you know, as far as like growing the user base in any way or in, you know, replacing, um, uh, people's gaming, you know, like gaming desktops or even high-end laptops and all that stuff. No, that's not going to happen here. That's not happening here. And when you're selling hardware at a loss, that can't be what they're planning on is that they just plan on, on appeasing the, you know, the, 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 the tech savvy. No way. So is the man of tomorrow going to get one? No, no, I have, I have zero, zero interest in this, in, in this machine. Zero, none. Um, I will gladly, uh, you know, like, like a win max, you know, I'd, I'd take one of those on, but no, I, I've no interest in, in, in the steam deck. Um, am I going to keep playing my switch? You bet your goddamn ass. <laughs> in fact, hell, I'll tell you what, you know, you know what this would have been a great competitor for the PS Vita. This would be an awesome competitor for the PS Vita. That's something that it could have beaten. And I say that with respect to the Vita. Like if you really here, 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 here's the deal. If you really want to like have an awesome emulation machine, that's portable and handheld and all that. And that can do all kinds of wacky shit and has a 720p screen and all that jazz, get a PS Vita. You, you could buy a PS Vita and you could play games on that. I think for the rest of your life, even if you're like 20 years old, like the library on it's massive. Cause you can play every PlayStation game. You could play every PlayStation portable game. You could play every Vita game. You could, I mean, and, and all for free. And you know, you can, you can put retro arch on there and, and uh, you know, I mean, you could be playing uh, SNES, NES, Genesis. Um, you could even play up to like N64 games. I mean, you know, the only thing really that for me that it's missing, if it could play PlayStation two games, holy fucking shit. Like, I don't know if I'd need to own another console ever again. The PS Vita is fucking awesome. That's a system and you can get it for a hell of a lot less. 
you know, than than say the the, the Steam Deck. Hell, you you, <laughs> you could buy a PS Vita and a Nintendo Switch, or at least a Switch Lite. I mean, whatever, you know. And and then you've got the best of all worlds, really. I should really I should do an episode about the PS Vita because I mean that that thing. You know, I don't know if I've always been glowing about it, but let me tell you now, now that we're, you know, in its, in its aftermarket days, right <laughs> now that we're, where Sony doesn't care about it anymore. Um, and, and you can just hack the shit out of it. Th- that, that thing's a work of fucking art. I, I mean, just one of the greatest consoles ever made. Now it is. Okay. Now that you can, again, now that you can hack it now, it's just, it's one of the greatest consoles just flat out. Um, Man, I mean, just think of it. You could like all the Metal Gear Solid games you can play on that fucker. Even like the the latest like HD remaster versions. All this, holy hell. Anyway, so the Steam Deck doesn't interest me. I have no. I I, I really don't want it. Um, I don't even want. You know, maybe Valve would say, Stallion, you want to review? You know, want a review unit? Not really. I mean, I guess it'd make for good content, but I'm just probably going to say a lot of what I'm saying here and. So I'll pass, you know, I, maybe I could sell it. I don't know, (laughs) but that's it for this steam deck review. And I will leave it here. More sovereign tech to come. And, uh, you know, if you get your hands on one and you have a review for it, let me know. And maybe I'll talk about it on a future show, but, um, yeah, me, it's just, just not for me. And, and the marketing, you know, it's pure hype and often outright lies. So we'll leave it at that. I will see all of you on the other side. (laughs) 